Welcome to Raksha Radio. This is Mangala Kanesan here with Gunita Singh. Gunita Singh is our clinical director here at Raksha. She works directly with clients as an amazing therapist. She also works with interns, volunteers, and anybody else on staff who is interacting directly with clients or with community members. Thank you for being here today, Gunita. Thanks, Mangala, for asking me to be on your podcast. <laughs> so, Gunita, can you tell us a little bit about what you do here at Raksha? Um, primarily, I am working with clients. I supervise other folks that are working with clients and uh, community members who are going to interact with clients. Um, so basically, my job is to prepare everyone to be able to support any potential or current clients that we have. Okay. How long have you been at Raksha? So I started at Raksha in 2007 as a um, case manager and then went to grad school in 2008 and came back to Raksha in 2011 after graduating and working at another um, job working with refugees who were survivors of torture. Uh, what got you into this type of work? Into working with trauma. Yeah, into, into working with trauma, into serving a specific population. Actually, when I started, you know, getting interested in psychology was when I was in high school. I went to see a therapist that we had at our school in India who I did not like. But I remember thinking I want to do what she's doing, but I want to do a better job than she is, which is, you know, maybe a little pretentious. But Fair enough. Um, and um, once I started school, I thought maybe I wanted to go into research, and I did that. I assisted with a research project at Grady uh, Nia, Nia Project, and it felt good, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like completely satisfied doing that. And then I worked with um, the Fulton County um, District Attorney's Office, and I was working as a victim with, witness uh, assistant. and. I think like working with clients there just made me really kind of come back to, yeah, I really want to work directly with clients. I really want to work with trauma. This is what, you know, is really kind of calling to me. And so I decided that that's what I was going to do. And I went and, um, you know, saw a therapist who was a social worker that I really liked and decided that that's the field that I want to go into because it was a, a much to me, it felt like a really holistic understanding of people, like not just individually, but also in their communities and in their cultures and all of this stuff. And so it just felt like this is what I wanted to do. What about working with survivors or with people who had trauma or had trauma in their lives? What about that appealed to you? I think it's just amazing like to me like it's amazing working with people who've been through so much and yet are still surviving and attempting to thrive I think that's just so beautiful like you know working with people who are not going to give up because something horrible has happened and are going to continue to work through things you know even if it's hard and even if it's difficult I think that takes so much courage and I feel like when I'm sitting with my clients who are survivors of, you know, domestic violence, sexual assault, I learn so much from them and from their courage that it's just, it's inspiring and I can't, 
I can't see myself doing anything else, really. Wow. So having worked with you for a little while, I've seen that you are constantly going to conferences, learning, discovering new types of therapy. What kind of, what types of therapy are you currently learning about and what are your current interests? <laughs> so I, I feel like most of my clients know this and, and most of my coworkers know this, but <laughs> I'm really, really into somatic experiencing. I just get so excited when I think about it. Like when I first you know, heard about it. It was a couple of years ago from another coworker, Rita, and she had been talking about it for a while. I had a, a coworker at one of my other jobs who had been talking about somatic experiencing, and she was going through the program. My therapist at the time was also using somatic experiencing, and so I, it just felt like that was the direction I needed to go, and I decided I was going to do that. And our director, Aparna, was extremely supportive because I think she really saw the value in me learning how to do better work with my clients and understanding how to work with trauma and navigate trauma you know in a better way that would be more helpful and I learned about it and I learned about how when you're doing SE with clients somatic experiencing with clients that you don't actually need to go through what happened I don't actually need to talk about all the details of whatever happened I can simply address, you know, the trauma that's being held in the body. I need maybe like a little bit of a story, but mostly what I'm more concerned about is what's happening in the body. And then once I finally got there, it it just fits so well with how I am as a person. Like it, you know, like the way that you work in somatic experiencing is you touch into something difficult and then you get out of it and you talk about something that's easier to talk about. That's, you know, giving you more strength that's basically balancing out this difficult topic that we've just discussed and to me that's such a natural way of being that it just kind of it was like oh my god I've been looking for this all my <laughs> life and so it just it just seemed to fit so well so um, I've been using that now with my clients for four years and I've been going for all the trainings I completed my training and uh, now I'm actually learning how to teach other people how to use somatic experiencing. Um, so basically I've seen more changes in my clients, you know, even in one session than I have in years of seeing clients for therapy in, using other modalities. Like I've been trained in cognitive behavioral therapy by Judith Beck you know we went for a training when I was in grad school it was an amazing training and yet it just it it didn't seem to like you know reach the actual trauma it just kind of was like all right we're dealing with this and we're taking care of it and it's extremely important to get people to a stable ground but then after that the trauma is still there and I didn't know how to deal with that and so somatic experiencing just kind of once we stabilize the clients using DBT, CBT, which are all skills that you know I have learned, once we do that, then that's when you know we really start doing the SE work and getting into building more coherence with the client system. You know, building a more balanced view of the world where we're not just looking at you know what's right, but also looking at what's wrong, and then going back to what's right. You know, so it just it just seems more natural to me. It's it's 
the, you know, the waves kind of coming in and then going out kind of thing for me. So it just, it made a lot of sense. And I'm excited. <laughs> I know you didn't ask this, but I'm really excited because like now that I'm learning how to, you know, train people in this by, you know, assisting with the SE trainings and things like that. I'm, I'm excited because, you know, at Raksha, we're trying to like have community leaders, you know, basically um, reach out to community members and, um, you know, help them in kind of asking for help and, you know, like providing support before they're able to get help at Raksha and things like that. And, and I'm really excited about it because then, you know, there'll be more people in our community being able to provide that service in our community. And it's so needed because I think a lot of times when we're trying to help someone, we get into, you know, responding out of fear. And this mm-hmm. modality kind of teaches you how to respond with, you know, care and love and addressing the issue without being too intrusive. And I think that's what I really like about it. And, and you know, like we're shifting how we're working at Raksha to that we're getting information is important but not as important as you know making sure that your client is feeling supported your client is feeling you know good and understood okay can you tell me a little bit about the work that you do at Raksha um the clients that you see mm -hmm. so I see survivors of domestic violence sexual assault I see survivors of violent crimes like robberies and, you know, gas station robberies and all that stuff. Um, We also have, um, you know, people who are dealing with other mental health issues that we're starting to see right now, which is really great. So all of that is coming, you know, at least in my understanding, our mental health issues are all starting from a traumatic event. And so that's the lens that I look at things through and I feel like it's extremely helpful because then I'm actually able to empathize with people and understanding their situations and not just their diagnosis. So you've been doing this work for a long time. You've been to a lot of trainings. You're definitely very committed to giving survivors the best care possible. Is there any advice that you would have for other folks who are either in the nonprofit world or in private practice working with survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault or just working with people who have suffered trauma? Um, I think that, um, you know, like, at least I guess I can speak from my own personal experience. I think we get into this work because, you know, there's things that we've dealt with in our lives that, you know, we're trying to resolve as well like and just working with this helps us to understand ourselves better as well if we're open to it and I think keeping that in mind is really important and continuing to work on yourself is really important um I think like I really truly believe that if you are a therapist that you should be in therapy because there is so much stuff that comes up um you know, when you're working with your clients, especially people who've been through trauma, that it's just, it's not possible to do it yourself, you know, and um, when you're, when you're working with trauma, even if you can't relate to the exact story, you can relate to different aspects of the experience, you can relate to, 
the feelings that come up. You can, you know, I don't, I don't really know a single person who can't relate to the feeling of feeling betrayed. And there's a lot of betrayal um, that survivors of trauma experience. And so I feel like it is extremely important to go get your own support, go get your own help, because otherwise you're really not going to be doing, you know, as good of a job as you possibly can. And obviously continuing to get trainings and continuing to educate yourself on, you know, better ways of dealing with what you're dealing with. Um, in my private practice, I just, you know, I, I work with uh, a lady who's had severe trauma and I understand severe trauma. That's all I've done for the last 10 years now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Actually over 10 years. Um, and, and yet I understand that I don't understand her specific issues. And so getting supervision around things that you don't have a complete understanding of is extremely important. And I feel like we're never beyond learning. And if we're not open to learning, we're not going to do exactly what we're trying to do with our clients. Um, I think like even for community members, I think I, you know, this is important because no, you're not doing therapy with the folks that you're running into, but you're trying to make yourself available. And in a lot of cases, you're the first person that the person is talking to. So make sure that, you know, you're, you're getting support as well. And, you know, like, I think it's really, really important to maybe not get into the survivor story with them and just kind of recognizing that they need help and directing them to appropriate resources and saying, you know, this is where you can get help and setting your boundaries in that way, you know, making yourself available as far as I'm here to support you if you want to talk, but recognizing you are not, your job is not to be their therapist. Your job is not to change their mind. It's not to uh, make them leave a situation or stay in a situation. It's simply to be um, what you were, you know, starting out being, which is a support person, you know. So I think that would be uh, really important to do as well. I don't know if I answered it. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Ganitha. That's a powerful message. Is there anything else you want to share before we're done with our podcast? Yes, resource yourself. <laughs> so what does that mean? Um, I'm, you know, I'm just noticing here during this little, you know, podcast situation that we are having here, you have your dog here. And so the whole time that I've been talking, I've been looking at your dog and making sure that, you know, I'm resourcing myself with your dog because this is hard stuff. Like, you know, what we're doing with our clients is not easy. And so making sure that while you're doing the difficult stuff, you're engaging with things in your environment directly that are pleasing to you, you know, like, and making you feel more grounded. And your dog passing out over there is doing a fantastic job of it. So, so just resource yourself and take care of yourself because I think that's the best way of helping anyone else. Okay. Are there, there are a couple different things I want to ask you that I heard you talk about just then. One of them is supervision what is supervision what does that mean and secondly can you explain a little bit more in detail what is resourcing what does that mean exactly resource yourself mm -hmm. so supervision is basically just where um you're getting um you know feedback from a professional who has more experience than you do on how to deal with a client that you don't know how to deal with exactly so for example i might know how to deal with trauma and 
despite the fact that other mental health issues are a result of trauma, I might not know how to deal with those specific mental health issues. And so what I'm going to do in that situation is go and get support from another professional who has more experience doing that work. So to me, that's what supervision is and, you know, like getting help because you know that you don't know it all, you know. So um, we do that here on a regular basis at Raksha where, you know, the staff will meet with each other and we will provide support to each other. Even as a clinical director, it's important to realize that I don't know it all, you know, and I might not be looking at things correctly at times because of whatever might be going on with me personally. So, you know, supervision is also a space um, that we give ourselves to basically be challenged and, you know, so that we could do a better job. And then uh, resourcing yourself is basically, you know, basically like drawing resources from your environment, from people that are supportive to you, from, uh, you know, things that you enjoy. So like resourcing is basically a a part of self-care. So for example, in my office, I have a ton of color and I have a lot of plants and I have, you know, a bunch of different rocks and things like that. And to me, those things are really resourceful because it helps to look at those things. Because when we're talking about something difficult, me and my clients will direct our attention to something that doesn't feel as bad. You know, so I will ask my clients, like, why don't you take a look around and see what's grabbing your attention? And I will, you know, encourage them to hold those things or experience those things in a different way than just simply looking at them. And that's that's resourcing because those things can sometimes do for us what we're not able to do for ourselves at that moment because we're stressed out or, you know, talking about something really difficult. So, um, you know, that's important also, and we talk about this, you know, in our supervision meetings is that's important when you're engaging with community members as well because sometimes, you know, you're dealing with, educating community members about something that's brand new to them and so making sure that you have a support person with you so that you can you know resource yourself with them and say hey do you want to jump in while I'm not able to explain it and before you know I start to get frustrated because we're human and frustration happens and 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 just so that we're also treating everyone with dignity and respect um and and resourcing in in our sessions while we're doing intakes while we're doing intakes over the phone is, you know, making sure that you are surrounding yourselves on your desk with like things that you enjoy. Like, you know, it could be a paperweight that is really pretty to you or a pencil that you really like. It could be really anything that makes you feel better than you are feeling in the moment. Okay, well, thanks again so much for being here and for agreeing to do this podcast with me. I'm, I'm glad I was here. Thank you so much for asking. All right, fabulous. Tune in to Ruxia Radio next time. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for listening.